MLM cannot run without distorting a person's view of themselves. Hmm. And it takes on, I think it takes on cult behaviors. Sure. To get a person to warp their view of themselves enough to participate in an MLM and to participate in an MLM for as long as what people might participate in it for. So do you think the MLM does the warping or do you think that a warped person is attracted to an MLM? Let's say, I, okay, I would think that, you know, when you buy a two by four and it might be a little bit warped. Buy them all the time. Know all about it. Okay. Okay. Never mind. Okay. If you no, go to no, home, but I get it. Home, I understand what a warped two by four is. It's a little, two by fours aren't square, right? You can sure. pay more money to get square two by fours, but most two by fours are a little warped, right? Yeah. Then you leave a two by four out in the rain and then you leave it out in the sun and it gets twisted. Sure. So I think people are like two by fours. None of us are perfect. Our view of ourselves isn't gotcha. perfect. We're a little bit warped. And MLM takes that warp, natural warping, throws it in the rain, puts it in throws the rain it in the sun, bakes it in the sun. All of a sudden, you have a corkscrew. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna make an awkward deck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I get you. Um. Because you've yeah. like how many MLMs have you directly or indirectly been a part of? So I've signed up for. Man, it's been a long time. I think in high school, I briefly signed up for Quickstar, which was okay. the uh, the internet version of Amway, or the internet arm of Amway. Oh, okay. And I did that for, you know, like like probably 11 days or something. I mean, <laughs> let me rephrase that. I was a part of that for 11 days before I realized, this is stupid, man. I'm not, I'm not doing this. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. Um. But then, so actually signing up and joining the organization, I think that was the only one. But I have been invited to look at, and I've, I've sat in meetings for a few, probably half a right. dozen. Right. How did you get invited to those? Like um, who, who are the types of people who are inviting you to these things? Okay. So the, the earliest one I remember, other than high school. So high school was, do you remember Alex Wood? In, no, not in off the top of my head. No. no. Um, so he was like a big big football player okay. and um he's he just like i don't know how it came up but he starts talking to me in the hallway about uh about like this awesome job that he has and he's like <laughs> i'm getting paid talking to you right now and i'm like well that sounds like a pretty good job to me yeah so i went to a meeting i mean it's classic i went to a meeting with his he's like my guy i'll just explain it so much better so i go to coffee with him and yeah. his guy and his guy just says kind of the same thing Alex did, but just in, in more, um, more eloquent terms, maybe. Yeah. Just more an exploded view, although still no detail really, you know, as yeah. they do. Yeah. So, and he's like, you know what, there's a big seminar coming up. They'll explain it way better. Yeah. So like, okay. So I go to the thing and I bring my dad and he's like, <laughs> as we're going, my dad's like, I really hope this isn't like some, MLM like Amway or something and I'm like what's that he's like it's just this dumb thing like I really hope this isn't it I'm like eh, it's not, I'm sure it's not so we get to the to the conference room or the conference center we walk in the front door and there's this big sign that's like Amway <laughs> and he's like uh, uh I, I, I don't know who convinced who but I think he's like 
I'm like, oh, that's what that is. He's like, this is crazy. I'm like, okay, maybe we should just go. <laughs> so we didn't stay. Um, that was my first one. And then in at school, in college, I had a guy. Um, I don't remember who got me to that meeting, but came to a meeting with like the regional rep who was making yeah. 500 grand a year yeah. selling like cell phone plans. And it's always people, it's always people who are friendly and like they're, they're, they're socially savvy. Yeah. At least in, in the moment. Yeah. And then they get you like feeling like they're cool. And then they're like, they, sh they give you a little bit of, um, a little bit of praise, I suppose, or make you feel like you're cool. Okay. And then, you know, you, you know, then they, they throw out a little hook. I've got a question because you've been in the alarms. How long have you been in the alarms industry? Like 10 yeah, years, like 12 years, 12 years. Yeah. Okay. So I used to lump MLMs and door to door sales in one basket in my mind. Okay. But I think like now I can see how they're different because MLMs like force you to buy a product. They are different. Right. But how, how they're, close, they're similar. how, how similar do you think they are? So, okay. As you were bringing up, um, people being, uh, where do we start this conversation? Man, my brain. A warped sense of self. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I've talked to a few people in alarms. And for whatever reason, uh, I tend to be kind of like a um, like a hairstylist insofar yeah. as people just like open up and tell them their life story while they're sitting there getting their hair cut. I mean, yeah. I've never done that, but apparently it's a thing. Oh, it is. Yeah. And uh, do you do that? When you get your hair cut, do you just tell... Your stylist if, about like your suicidal thoughts and your sex life? Not that much, but I think depends on how good they are at speaking English. <laughs> okay. So right now, like the lady I see is a little a Vietnamese lady who does a very, very good job, very, very quick job and a very, very reasonable price. Okay. So we don't... You don't talk much. I or she's how, the one that you just tell her everything because you know she yeah. doesn't know what the H you're talking about. I don't tell her anything. Like she's just – she's very concentrated on cutting my hair. So anyways, I, I kind of – I do that sometimes. People tend to open up to me. Yeah. So I've had several people selling alarms that have had this um, – this these delusions of grandeur, you yeah. know, where they're like the one guy one summer, my very first summer, he's like, man, what's up? Like I'm supposed to be rich. Yeah. I'm supposed to be rich. And I was like, no, you're not. If like, you have no money, you have no money saved. When you do get money, you go buy like food and booze. And like, that's not what rich people do. Yeah. You know, if you were supposed to be rich, then you'd be practicing the habits of people that are wealthy. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's several people out there that have that. So I think similar people are attracted and case in point, man, I, I was snagged by MLM meetings yeah. many times. Yeah. And I was snagged by alarms for yeah. over a decade. Yeah. So it definitely is a similar person that gets involved in that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think the big difference is, is alarms is a grind and you just go anonymously knock on doors. Whereas mm -hmm. MLMs is a more cozy. You can sit in your, in your basement or in your living room with you, your pants off. I think, well, I think, um, MLMs rely more on abusing your relationships. Yeah, absolutely. In your circles of trust. Yes. Yeah, that would be a difference as well. I I don't see alarms as being as 
exploitive, exploitative is MLMs. Like, yeah, that's fair. Because but alarms only to a degree. Uh, well, I just think you bring a kid out to sell alarms. He doesn't have to buy. Does he have to buy product when he comes out to sell alarms? No, no. So he doesn't have to buy products. So you're not using him to carry inventory. But like with every MLM, everybody at least has to buy a starter kit for of whatever bullshit. It's true. Everyone's got to put you know a couple hundred bucks in to start. And then you get a lot of pressure at your first few meetings about like how it'll be so much easier to sell if you add more items to your kit. Yeah. Right. Right. But yeah. okay. So alarms, you don't have that part. And then you bring the kid out to sell. And if he doesn't sell, he's going to quit right. before you have to fire him because it's such a grind. Right. I would <laughs> well, just, you, that's my You really don't fire you tell me the truth. Yeah. No, you really don't even fire people because alarms are commission only. And yeah. unless someone is really toxic and damaging other members of the team, yeah. uh, you know, then you just let them stay because, um, and there's several methods of doing it. The guy that trained me was pretty good. He would hire smaller crews, but he'd make sure they were all quality people yeah. and that he had enough time. So we'd start every summer with like 15, maybe 20 guys in an office tops, but it's probably like 15. And he'd yeah. make sure he spent as much time training one-on-one -on -one with those guys as they wanted. Yeah. Um, he'd knock with everybody, but, if guys were asking for more, then he would he would spend as much time as he could making sure yeah. that they were succeeding. Yeah. Um, whereas the other option is like the Vivint method mm -hmm. where you hire 40, 50 people in your yeah. office, which is way too many people for one or two guys to maintain. Yeah. Knowing that you're paying for rent anyways. Mm -hmm. um, and so most of those guys are going to sell like 10 or 15 systems in two months or three months and quit. Yeah. Um, now the the thing like you're you're already paying rent. I mean, the rent per guy is pretty cheap, and it comes out of their check. You pay a hundred yeah. bucks a week out of your check to for rent. Yeah. So the rent's already being covered if they do make any sales. The other thing is your your back end. Um, mm -hmm. The amount of money you make per sale increases as your volume goes up, but you don't get paid that stuff until the end of the year. Right. So you get your three hundred bucks per sale up front. And then at the end of the year, if you sell 100, you get an extra 200 bucks per sale. Right. Um, but but if you quit early, you lose your back end. Yeah. So their banking, the Vivint method, is you just get as many people as you possibly can, knowing that even the worst guy will sell like one a week. Yeah. And that will pay for his his housing. Yeah. And the, the manager then gets to keep that money that, that he would have paid the guy in the back end or any of that commission. The manager pockets that. Yeah. You know, so it's uh it's it's like a shotgun method. Yeah. And so I, I I despise that method because they it's very similar in the recruiting to MLMs where you know, you yeah. run into the guy at your school and he's got a check there from his last year with $100,000 on it and he's yeah. like I made this in 4 months. You can do it too just talking to you I can yeah, tell you've got yeah. it in you. Yeah, that part the recruiting part is definitely similar but the actual day-to-day -day grind is different, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, and you're yeah. right. I think the biggest the biggest difference, and the thing that turned me off of MLMs and was more accessible on alarms was that I don't have to go and try to tell my family to buy a knife. You know, I pressure my family and my friends into sitting down with me for 45 painful minutes, and then yeah, try to convince yeah. them to part with their money just because they like me. Yeah, do you know? Like, I had a short run in with Cutco, and every bit of it is just a day of shame. <laughs> right? You know, every appointment I had is just, <laughs> it's embarrassing to think about how yeah. every, like first, 
and they love people I think who come from who are in a church because most churches have directories. Because <coughs> as soon as I showed up, they're like, "So you have a, you go to church? <clears throat> yeah. So you have a member list directory booklet like a something?" Phone book. And I'm like, wow. yeah. And you know most of those people? Uh, well, my parents know most of them. But you like, you've seen them all before. Well, most of them. Okay, yeah, great. Bring that next time. And I'm like, I'm, like, I'm starting to feel uncomfortable, right? Yeah. And then they get me to come up with a list of ten people. I've got a list of ten people. It's like, okay, call them all and read this script. And I read the script, and the script doesn't really talk about Cutco. And I'm like, well, yes. This is kind of. I feel uncomfortable saying this to some of my closest family friends without telling them what I'm actually doing. So I just phone and say, hey, I'm doing a Cutco presentation. They pay me to show up, even if you don't want to buy anything. And the lady overhears me, and she shoves the script in my face and starts pointing at it, like, vigorously. Wow. Like, you know what I mean? That I went off script. And at that point, I was like, okay, look, these knives are nice. Your cheese knife doesn't get stuck in the block of cheese halfway through. I think that knife can sell itself. <laughs> your other, your, your table knives that go with cutlery can cut a, a like a laser thin slice off a grape. <laughs> I think these like, just things let can me, sell them. Just, just let me make a phone let call me and show up sh- and show these people how great these knives are. And I think they'll buy them. Yeah. Right? Right. And we still have like the Cutco knives that I had to buy. And honestly, the best part of being in that MLM was I got these knives for a hundred bucks. Right. You know, a bunch of these knives, and we still use them, and we love using Like, they were the sharpest knives in our house for... What's going on? Can you hear that? You're playing on the drum? Uh, yeah, just doing a quick drum sesh while we're, uh, while we're talking here. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Yeah, but that, like, that was the... Yeah, we love those knives. I'm like, I'm I'm sold on the knives, right? Yeah. I'm like, just let me tell people I want to show them this awesome knife, and if you don't want to buy it, that's fine. Why can't I say that? Why do yeah. I have to tell them about a scholarship program? <laughs> right. And just be so misleading. Just be yeah. so like Yeah, why do I have so to do that? So shady about it, right? And you can tell people who are in an MLM on Facebook cuz they'll always ask like some kind of ridiculous stupid question like, "I'm looking for new hair conditioner. Ladies, what's your favorite kind of conditioner?" Yeah. And they just ask like obnoxious questions to drive traffic to their Facebook page to see that they're also a rep for <laughs> Monat Maine or right. Rodan and Fields or Shitty Leggings Company or <laughs> <laughs> whatever it is, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Um my worst frick, I hate it. I just hate so the thing that I hate the most about it is being approached. And I hate the yeah. the the deception involved in the pitch. And I've had two Okay, so go ahead. I've got a question for you. Talk to about, me. Okay. So have you ever seen like cult documentaries? Negative. Like any documentary about like the Manson family or something like that? or No. Like there's a bunch of them on Netflix. When you get approached for an MLM, do you feel like what it might be like to be approached by the Manson family or something like that to join their compound? I mean, it's probably got to be pretty close. Yeah. Like do you, you know? feel like you're talking to people who are from another planet? Like – yeah, sort of. It's just like banging your head against a wall. And maybe, <laughs> like, for me too, I'm a, pr- I'm a pretty, um, I'm not great at tact. I shouldn't yeah. say that. I'm not great at, like, beating around the bush. Yeah. You know, when I have a question, I'm just going to, like, dig my thumb into that issue until the freaking answer comes out. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, um, not tactfully sometimes. And so I would, I would agree. Having been your friend for many years, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> an attribute. Shut up. Having so, done this podcast with you, <laughs> and you asking me questions that I don't know the answer to, and I won't let up until <laughs> you yeah. and answer my question. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I just want to be clear, though. I think, I think I do it because. If I don't understand something, I want to understand it. And so I'm just yeah. going to be like the fastest way to learn it is to be blunt. Yeah. So, so, you know, I'm chatting with some guy and he's like, oh yeah, like it's really interesting business, you know, like I'm in and it's like really great opportunities. And I just, you know, got all this freedom now. I'm like, oh cool. What do you do? Oh, it's like a really cool, like business development kind of thing, you yeah. know, for, for entrepreneurs who are interested in building things and. <laughs> And, uh, you know, maybe we should get coffee sometime and just see if it's a good fit. And I'm like, yeah, but what do you do? Yeah. Like, what's your day like? Oh, yeah. you know, it's awesome. It's like you just kind of like help people build their dreams. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you're not answering my question. I'm nuts. Yeah. Like he knows he's not. But that's I think a lot of people fall for that crap. They hear that yeah. and they're like, wow, that sounds like what I want. Yeah. Which is nothing. It sounds like nothing. Yeah. You're not telling me anything and I don't know what I want. So maybe but that's it why sounds it's speaking great. to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just want to know what you effing do for a living, man. Like yeah. who's paying you and what are you doing to deserve that money? So that's the part that drives me the craziest. Yeah. So when I do get approached now, it still happens a couple times a year. Yeah. Then as soon as I smell MLM, I'm like, look, so what, what's the business? Oh, it's like this thing. I'm like, okay, cool. So if you can't tell me what the business is, then I'm going to have to pass. Yeah. Like, Do sorry. Like, uh, my yeah, favorite one. It is like, okay, go ahead. Uh, my favorite one was this guy when we were moving out of one of our houses, uh, <clears throat> this guy. And, and they're always like, man, they're always savvy. It's so freaking stupid. He's like well-dressed. He's well put yeah. together. Seems like a cool dude. He's very, he's engaging and lucid in the conversation and he asked me what I do and I tell him I run, you know, like I own an alarm franchise. Oh, that's really neat. So you're like into entrepreneurship and your business owning. I'm like, yeah, for, yeah, you bet. He's like, oh, cool. That's great. You know, leaves me his card. It gets my card. Nothing there at the first meeting, which was a smooth move because I didn't smell anything yet. Yeah. I was just like, that's a cool dude. So he calls yeah. me later, a couple days later. And, uh, you know, just to tell me, like, thanks for showing us the house and they're not going to go for it. They, you know, found something else or whatever. But and then he starts pitching me on his thing and just asking me, you know, if I'm interested in whatever it is. I don't know. Business, business things. I'm a business minded guy. And, you know, we want. Yeah. he's like, we well, should sit down and, you know, see if we're a good fit and talk about some business stuff. I'm like, but what business stuff? Like, what are you talking about? Mm hmm. He's like, oh, I, I'm like, I don't, I'm not going to go into business with you, Gary. I don't even know you. I don't even know what the business is. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not saying we're going into business together. I don't even know if it's going to be a good fit yet. He yeah, yeah, away. yeah, yeah. I just want to, you know, I just think we should sit down and see if it's even a good fit. If you're even like someone who's worthy of my company. And I'm like, well, you know what, Gary, if you're not going to tell me what it is, then I'm probably not going to do it. If you can't even tell me over the phone, then I'm out. And he's like, oh, well, I just I just thought you were an open person. I guess I was wrong. Um, that is... Screw you. No, I'm, like, insane with anger right now. Yeah, I was. You can tell, you can tell through the monotonous of my voice that I'm insane with anger. You're, it is very reflexive. The, uh, reflective? The re reflective. <laughs> I don't know. It has good reflex. Yeah. Um, the reason why I'm so insanely angry is that is what cults do. 
Huh. Cults have a secret and they keep it a big mystery. And it's like, we have the mystery of human happiness in our little group, or we have some kind of exclusive yeah. secret about when aliens are coming to pick us up. And I don't know if you're ready for this. Yeah. The takeaway, but they man. have some kind of secret and that's what draws people. And then they find people who aren't sure of themselves, who don't know what they're doing yep. and they prey on them. And then all of a sudden you're drinking Kool-Aid because you think you're hopping on a comet, but really you're just dead. Yeah. Yeah. That's the same thing. That's exactly And they the do the thing. exact same thing. So when I see people pitching their MLMs on Facebook, I'm not mad because it's annoying. I'm mad because they are exhibiting cult-like behaviors and they are preying on vulnerable people. They are doing that. It is, I think, if I had to sum up the three evils of capitalism, multi-level marketing, <laughs> stock options, and market consolidation. <laughs> but MLMs would have to be number one because it actively preys on poor people. It does. And aimless people. Yeah. And it comes to them with this secret that's going to solve all their problems, and it just ends up draining their bank account and yep. making someone else rich. It's true. Yeah, they're uh, – hmm. you know, sometimes I, I don't feel so bad about them because I'm – because some people can can do okay with them. Some people can make a lot of money with them. And but so – like, oh, okay. You know, so sometimes go, I, I go sympathize on. a little bit or I – but at the same time, I, th I mean, the more I think about it, the more I'm, I, and I'm involved or, or just around that stuff, the more I'm thinking along the same lines as you, you know, that they're, they're making money by preying on poor people in one way or another, whether it's through their recruiting or selling their bullshit kits or whatever it is, they are hurting vulnerable people and they're yeah. getting rich off of that. I mean, yeah, like, and, at the and same really they are manipulating yeah. because I, I like to say that everyone can do whatever they want. You know, everyone has free choice and agency and whatever. You can pick whatever activity you want to do with your time and your money. That's up to you. You know, do whatever you want. And if you join this thing knowing that you might not make any money at it, but you want to try it out anyway, it's like you're fully able to do that and I'm okay with that. But at the same time, they're not going to tell you that you're not going to make any money. They're going to tell you that you're going to get rich working like 18 minutes a day, you're going to make a yeah. million dollars a year and sell this stuff from a beach in Bora Bora. <clears throat> and, and then there's, the, that's oh, not sorry. how it works. There's the published stats that all the MLMs have to release. They have so to, they have to. Yeah. I think it's one of their required disclosures. Interesting. And Beachbody, 79% of their coaches or retail sellers have a low earnings of $0 a high of uh i think 3600 or 36000 sorry and an average of 367 that's annually so 79% of their coaches make an average of $400 and that do, that's just the revenue that doesn't include like their monthly membership fees and buying sure. shit and stocking yeah. their and and the relationship costs cuz nobody wants to talk to them anymore <laughs> right and the the, the emotional <laughs> and so the top 80% of their leaders Make a low of twelve dollars, an average of three thousand, and a high of seventy-five thousand. Wow, and that's annually. Annually, Rodan and Fields three grand a year. Rodan and Fields sixty-one percent earned under a thousand dollars, twenty-eight percent earned between a thousand and five thousand, and the top ten percent earned over five thousand, and the top one percent earned over twenty-nine thousand. Jeez, 
right? Like that is what they sell is so, so far off of reality. Yeah. Right. That really is like, that's like if you're in a Scientology compound scrubbing toilets all day and somebody says, isn't this the happiest you've ever been? <laughs> and you're like, yes, I'm so happy that I'm operating. I'm operating Thetan 12 now. And, <laughs> and, and I'm don't... so happy. And, and I feel myself being cleansed of whatever these bad alien spirits are within me by scrubbing these toilets in the Sea Org, which isn't even at sea. It's just a compound in California. But hey, you told me it's a Sea Org, so I'm going to dress like I'm in the Navy. And this is the happiest I've ever been. But the truth is you're scrubbing toilets in a compound in California. It's not cool. Like, but you also have to say you're happy because your membership fees were expensive. And if somebody overhears you say that you're happy, they might sign up and pay for your membership fees. <laughs> That's true, right? Like you have to say you're happy. Like I think in these MLMs, what I've observed is that if you say, man, I'm not having a lot of luck. This is really hard. They'll be like, you have got to kill those negative thoughts. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm telling you that I've been slugging at this, doing everything you told me in your book, and I'm still not having success, and my mom won't even talk to me. I'm having some problems here. No, you need to go to positivity training. How is this not like being in a freaking gulag Yeah, man. and being re-educated on communism? Like, this is... It's a cult. That is what disturbs me the most about it. And when I see people on Facebook who are in MLMs and pushing their MLMs. I'm like, you're dangerous. You're dangerous and you don't even know you're dangerous. Mm, yeah. And you're, you're actively, you're part of an organization that is actively harming people. And I just, I, I just, I can't even comment because I'm so full of rage and vitriol that like if I was 16, I could, but now I can't because I've got a family and people who can be embarrassed by me. And you don't want to get arrested. And I don't, I don't want to get arrested, but I'm just like, like, yeah, um, and the funny thing is, all those people that are that are advertising that yeah. on Facebook are part of that seventy nine percent who are making probably four hundred bucks a year. Yeah, before their monthly membership fee and their yeah, inventory buys and their like. There's one girl who published a blog about when she sold Unique, and yep. she said when she started, she tried talking to her sister or cousin or something, and her cousin was like, "I'm not so sure about what you're getting mixed up in." But do me a favor, track all the money you make and all the money you spend. Get a little mm. spreadsheet and say money in, money out. Yeah. And she did that, and that was one of the tools that let her out of the cult. She realized how upside down she was. She was just like, wow, I'm working, I'm putting so many hours into this and I'm losing money. Yeah, calculate your hourly, man. Yeah. Frick, speaking of cult, like just, just a memory. I yeah. go to my boss when I was selling cars one day and I'm like, Hey man, I think I have to quit because, uh, and he's like, well, why you're doing okay. I'm like, yeah, but my hourly is like five bucks. Yeah. Like I'm not. And he's like, oh, well you can't look at it like hourly. I'm like, but <laughs> you have to. Yeah. Oh yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. That sounds like something you would tell me to keep a loser on board. That's not like, making any money. Like, do you know who doesn't have to look at their hourly? You say that to a manager who's on salary plus profit sharing and has a company car and a whole bunch of other shit. Yeah, benefits. That guy, it's like, okay, yeah, maybe on your base salary, you know, you're not really, your hourly is like $10 an hour. But, you know, because you work so hard, you're going to have this huge bonus. Yeah. And we're paying for your car. 
We're, we we bought your Maserati. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. You know, and not and, the guy that's selling freaking <laughs> used Ford Focuses <laughs> like one a month. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what else are you guys doing for me? Right. Yeah. Like, seriously. My hourly's so, crap. So dumb. And my hourly's crap, even though I'm getting commission pay. <laughs> like, well, sales, how else do man. I look at? Sales. Yeah. So, and that's, that's, that's what sucks is like most yeah. of these people that are hawking this stuff on Facebook yeah. are desperate, like, cause they know they're putting money into it. They're not getting any out and they're just, just hoping that something they're going to do. Eventually gonna it's going to pay t- off. Turn the tide and you know, they're going to find the little secret that they've been missing. That's going to get people to start signing up and then, and then they'll start making money knowing that probably, I, and there's a thing, here's the, the little distance from reality thing though, is that, is that. We know that whoever they do sign up isn't going to make any money at it either. Yeah. Do they know that? Yeah. Do they just not believe it? Do they, do they in the back of their heads know that it's probably true, but they just choose to ignore it? Yeah. Or it's like, well, I'll do my best to help them and then hopefully it works. And you just leave it to fate. It's a weird disconnect. I know. Oh. It just it fills me with rage. That one other thing mm. I think that is a sim- sign that MLMs are at least a religion, if not a full blown cult, is that they engage in their own form of apologetics, right? And apologetics is what religions engage in when they can't prove something factually, right? Sure. That's what apologetics is. It's the defense of the indefensible, right? So okay. every religion has its own set of apologetics because they're talking theologically. And they're right. defending something that's in the air that you can't ever prove that there's a God or not a God. You just kind of make this case for the unknowable, right? Mm-hmm. And I think MLMs engage in a form of apologetics when they get confronted, right? Yeah. So it's like like I have one friend who um, he was approached by a MLM person who was a friend of his saying, hey, you can buy some of my bullshit leggings for your wife or mom for or whatever it was bullshit hair care bullshit essential oils whatever it is just wanted you to know would you be interested and he's like didn't you already try to hit up my wife i'm gonna emphatically pass on this one (laughs) right and so she comes back with the apologetics just so you know your wife never responded to me which isn't a no or a yes if she had told me no, I wouldn't have asked you. I hope yeah. you know me better than that. It's that's an apologetic response, right? That is not that is a load of bullshit totally. to disguise the truth, right? And yeah. and I think and I, maybe that sounds a little bit harsh, but like apologetics I think to an outsider to an atheist sounds like okay, that's a lot of gobbledygook to to disguise the fact that there's no physical evidence of a god, right? Yeah, that's what I think an atheist would say about apologetics. And when I look at this, I'm like, that is a bunch of verbiage to describe the fact to disguise the fact that you obviously knew someone was not interested in your crap and you kept pushing it anyway. It's like, well, she didn't say no. Well, she didn't say yes. Yeah. And you can't hide behind this. Well, if they would have said no, I would have stopped. But I mean, it's not a no or a yes. So technically, and it's like, this is apologetics. You're you're. If you have to engage in apologetics for whatever you're shilling, maybe it's not worth shilling this crap. <clears throat> well, 
And a ton of that is, there's two things I see there. There's desperation yeah. and poor salesmanship. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a bad sales, that's a, that's a bad salesman. A bad but that's salesman, like, like oh, sorry. Okay. it's just going to move on, Yeah, you know, and not pull that yeah. crap because we all know you're, she's saying that stuff because hoping that it'll open a door that, yeah. that someone will say, Oh, sorry. I just, you know what? I just overreacted. Tell me about your stupid pants. But I th- like it never taught, does. It never works. They're but. taught in their little group session. Like I've seen, I've just seen some blogs on this from like insiders mm-hmm. when they talk about their experience. Like that's part of their little hun boss babe training is sure. you push until they say no. Yeah. So not only mm. are they like doing bad sales things, they are being taught well, to do poor sales. Because you that's, like that's sales one on one though. You I, like you keep going until they say no. You got to do that. That's I switched. Sales. I I had to work I had to change a financial planner and I think one thing I've learned is that financial planners in terms of aggressive salespeople I think you've got financial planners and car salespeople <laughs> and those are your most aggressive salespeople right in the entire world right yeah and but even then when I said look the other guy came in significantly lower than your quote here right. it is I don't think you can beat it even the most aggressive salesperson at that point says, you're right. I can't beat that. Call me if they're not able to deliver on their promise or whatever, sure. right? Sure. And so even the most aggressive salespeople I've observed in the most aggressive selling positions can deal with facts and reality, right? If you did that to an MLM, if you said, look, your leggings are poor quality, your essential oils are overpriced, they'd be like, that's just negativity. That's just, you're being negative. You're being negative. You don't understand. That's interesting. The, you don't understand the true facts. And it's just like when you get like, do you remember getting into these religious debates as a missionary? Sure. And like the same kind of arguments that someone of a different religion would use against you is the same thing that I find people in MLMs using against me when I'm like, no, this is what it says. Like, here's the consumer report on your company. Nobody makes money. Why are you still doing this? And they're like, no, no, that's the wrong facts. You got your wrong facts. What, where did you get your questionable facts from? Yeah. Like, like, and it's like, no, it's your company published this. No, 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 no. So this is, this is interesting because there is a difference here. Um, a good salesman would sell that stuff still. So like the last, one of the last sales I did in alarms was, um, I mean, man, the industry is getting so competitive right now. Yeah. Uh, tell us especially is just so low on price. They give you these like wicked packages for 25 bucks a month or whatever. It's, it's crazy and expensive. Yeah. So I show up in Liberty who I'm selling for at the time is, is higher on the, the scale. They're probably like a seven out of 10 for most expensive. And so I'm in there and the guy is comparing me to a couple of their companies and I, I give him my quote and he's like, yeah, that's, that's pretty high. And mm-hmm. I have to tell him, look like, if you want, frick, I've been out of it for so long, I can't remember my line. But the line basically is, um, we just have really good service, and we can't have we can't have a very well trained sales center with a thirty second wait time on hold mm-hmm. um, for free or for cheap. Yep. It's expensive to do that. And if you want somebody who's going to be able to come out tomorrow when you have a problem instead of in a week and a half, that's not cheap. Yeah, just so, tell them to wait on hold with Telus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if, if you if price yeah. is the most important thing, then you should go with Telus. 
Yeah. If you want something that's going to have really good customer service and be actual quality, then it's going to be more expensive. But an MLM doesn't know how to sell that because that's usually. That's the thing. Yeah. That's but that, and. It, oh, sorry. You go ahead. No, I just say that's that's what that's what struck me yeah. when you say you know oh, yeah. you don't know the facts. It's yeah. like, well, then tell tell me the facts. Well, can, if you're a good yeah. salesman, can do that. We'll sell whatever they say a ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And an MLM will just say, well, you just. You just aren't an open-minded person. It, which is what were. someone in a cult would say about yeah. someone not wanting to join their cult. Right. <laughs> which, and, and the weird thing about that, man, is that never works. I don't know who's training people to do that because it doesn't work. Well, because I think the I other should, thing no, they're you know up what? against... It does work. I lied. Yeah. I think it works against the kind of people that, they, that are low-hanging fruit. I think, you know what? Okay. So I actually I read the in Freakonomics about um, Nigerian print schemes. Yeah, and that the email is actually yes, yes so yes, yes. ridiculous because they Intentionally. need only the people who are so dumb to fall for it. They can't have people who are like medium dumb. They yeah. need to have the dumbest people of dumbest people to buy into it. So their email right. has to be so dumb that only the dumbest people will fall for it. Because if it looks good, if it's well worded and well written, then somebody might investigate. Yeah. And they reply, and then they start to smell fishy, and you've just wasted your time. Yeah. You wasted an hour with someone who was never going to sign up in the first place. Yeah. You need it to be. Uh, it's really okay. good marketing. You know, is, that's what yeah. it is. It's well, marketing, and it's and it's I, good. They know their target audience. Because well, MLMs do the same. Audience. MLMs do the same thing. Same thing. But nobody gets like I guess one person gets rich or two people in Idaho get rich, but. Yeah. It's just, and early adopters. Yeah. But it is just the majority of MLM products at the same time. I think the reason why they have to engage in apologetics is that most of what they are being forced to sell is actually higher priced and low quali- lower quality than what's in the market. So, okay, I'm going to medium agree and medium okay. disagree. Okay. I think – now, I can't say for everything, but yeah. I know um, – like what's that crap? Visalis or some crap Vitalis? like that? I don't, I, I, don't okay. I don't know. It's like okay. a supplement thing, you know, protein yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Labdor. Labdor is now to all of our viewers out there. I may be wrong here. Please yeah. email us garagebanddads at gmail dot com. Let me know. We want one email. <laughs> Someone send me an email. <laughs> um. <clears throat> so I know labdoor dot com is apparently like an unbiased. Uh, testing facility and they'll take all these popular supplements and run them through the ringer and see how they stack up against how, how the product compares to the actual label. Okay. Um, and then they print it all online and you can see how accurate the label is and what heavy metals they have that they don't talk about and all that crap. And then they give you a general breakdown of in each category of like whey protein powder, which one they recommend the most. Right. Um, and so this Visalis or Vi- whatever this brand is of MLM, supplements is high on their list yeah um the quality is really good and cutco um cutco is good knives they're not yeah but but i think the overpriced part is right i'm going to disagree on the low quality i think well but i'm going to agree on the high price and and i think they have a i don't want to say they have a well they have a decent product but it's priced at the same price as a better product it's like buying a corolla or a, it's like buying a Mercedes, uh, sorry, a Toyota for the price of a Benz. 
So, I mean, if you could quantify quality on a scale of 1 to 10 and then you took the price and divided it by its quality score, the price to quality ratio for all yes. MLM products would be through the roof. Yes. I, that's more what I'm that's saying. Is that I, it's, not, okay, I agree. it's not necessarily that it's crap, but it's compared to what you're paying for, it's all of it's overpriced. All of it's compared overpriced. Compared to what's on market. Absolutely. And so that's why they have they can't live in a world of facts wow, because is, man, so, if you if you yeah. got into the facts of an MLM product, it wouldn't make sense for you to buy it. Yeah. So that's why it also has to be part of a lifestyle, mm-hmm. right? It has to. It, and why it, they have to have people hawking it? They have to have people and, hawking well, it, and not even yeah. they have to have people buying it before they're allowed to hawk that's, it. Yeah, because yes. that's where they make probably ninety percent of their revenue is the people buying it who are trying to sell it yeah you know they can't put it on the shelf they can't just stick it in walmart no one's gonna buy it it's way too expensive exactly so they gotta have people buying it that are hoping that they'll sell it to somebody else so it is like a it's like that actually it's a dutch tulip market tell me about that oh like in the 1600s where everybody decided that tulips were super valuable and everybody bought tulips and then people were buying tulips or taking out loans to buy tulips, hoping that the price of tulips would go up. Hmm. It was like the first stock market crash. Oh, interesting. It was the Dutch tulip market. And then we just get like the an overflow surplus of tulips. Yeah, and, and then, then all of a sudden, everybody wakes up and realizes, why do I have a $10,000 loan out on a bouquet of tulips <laughs> yeah. that are wilting in my living room? Wow. Maybe I it's... should sell it. Like, and then everybody realizes that tulips are actually useless, right? Yeah. Yeah. So just, in a I gold think, rush, you don't, you don't want to pan for gold. You want to sell shovels. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Like, I, yeah. You know, in Vancouver, like it snows once a year. And on that day, all the shovels are sold out. And I always think, do you know what? When the next batch of shovels comes in, I should go buy all the shovels for the next day of snow next year. Right. And sell shovels for just sell double, shovels. right? Yeah. Yeah. Any, but I th- like that MLMs have to sell almost a religious lifestyle. Yeah, for it, sure. It gives people a sense of belonging product. and identity along with, I'm now an entrepreneur. I'm a boss babe. I'm a yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. an owner. I'm in charge of my destiny. I'm helping women across the world discover financial freedom. I'm, yes. It's, so really the product isn't even what's being sold. It's this lifestyle and and it just it maybe the world becoming less religious is giving this void of meaning so people are so hungry for meaning in their life that they're willing to do this incredibly irrational like retarded thing like i know lots of religions and churches ask their membership for money mm-hmm. but i seldom see people going bankrupt or into financial ruin because their churches ask them to give them money yeah do you know what I, so that's what I think makes, like, if you have a problem with people donating money to their church, or whatever. Well, it's not. It's ne- diff- necessary. Like, it's it's different with MLMs because they are ruining people's lives and getting rich off of it. Yeah. They're not also running a soup kitchen down the street off the donations, right? Yeah, and true. It's like they're peddling. It's like they realize the value that religion provides people. And then marketed it, this sense of meaning and identity, right? There's got to be, yeah, you're, you're right. And that is really what they're selling because it, the products like, are overpriced. 
you're really just selling the lifestyle, the potential lifestyle that you'll never actually reach. Yeah. But the idea that you're going to be a a C-list, D-list celebrity, rich on nothing. And then we're going to take you on a cruise. Yeah. We go on a Caribbean cruise. (laughs) (laughs) But he's married to her. Wait, what is that from? The office. Oh. <laughs> when they're they at a dinner party at Jan and Mike's house, Michael's house, and they're playing uh, charades or whatever. Or <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he goes on a Caribbean cruise. <laughs> oh, Katie Holmes. No, but he's married to her. <laughs> oh. oh, Dawson's Creek. Dawson's Creek. <laughs> and then what's the next one? Rhymes with with Arnold. Words. Oh, Tom those sound alike. I mean, we should do an episode on how that's maybe the best TV show ever show made. ever made. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's up there. Um, <laughs> so I just I just had this thought. I'm glad we had yeah. this conversation because I just had yeah. this thought that you know the. Back to the Walmart thing, where they can't sell their stuff on the on the shelves. The whole model is really built around. There's got to be a word for this, but it's built around the idea that um, it's not actually a successful product. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, like it. Let me, let me give you another example. I was um, talking to a guy, and maybe I'm just grasping at straws here, but my mind's my mind's making weird connections, and I'm going to throw it out there, and maybe yeah. I'll look like an idiot, and maybe yeah. it'll do something. So I'm talking yeah. to a manager at Gold's Gym in Utah. Yeah. 15 10 years ago. And he's he tells me that it was something like it was something like 13% or 18% of their members actually use the gym on a regular basis. Yeah. Like the vast majority of people that are paying 30 40 50 bucks a month for that gym. This it was 30 bucks back then. They're yeah. paying you know 500 bucks a year, 600 bucks a year are not using it. It's just free money. And the interesting thing is they build their model around those numbers because if that's true, like if you've ever been to the gym at five in the afternoon, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's a zoo. Like you're waiting for machines. You got to stand in line. It sucks. Imagine if 50% of their members were using the gym instead of 15 or if everyone used the gym, it'd be, they'd have to build a facility that's gargantuan and they're, they'd be making no money. Yeah. They would go out of business. Their their model is built on the fact that most people will just give them money for free and never use what they're paying for. Yeah. And insurance is the same thing. Uh, but it a little. I mean, it, it sounds a little predatory, you know, when I when I bring say the gym thing. Yeah. But I don't know that it necessarily is. I've I've mixed feelings on it because insurance, it's, you have to have insurance, and hopefully you'll. But most of us will rarely use it. Right. I think, yeah, insurance is interesting in that they actually pay for it hoping they'll never use it. Yeah, that's true. Hoping they'll <laughs> never use it. And I think most people probably will make a claim on their insurance at some point, yeah. but most of us will probably not make that many. Yeah. And, and it has to be that way because if everyone made a lot of claims, then they'd go out of business. They'd run out of money. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, and, and uh, the gym is the same way, and MLMs are kind of the same way in a, deg- in a way because. Um, they're actually like they're depending on most of their reps not making money. Yeah, they're depending they're on depending most of their salespeople failing at it and just buying enough product to to stay on the team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So protecting your family from an MLM, I think this can be a kind of our concluding point. 
I think I came up with an idea for how I would do this, but you actually had real life experience doing the thing that I would suggest. Many times. Do you want to talk about what you did or do you just want me to go off on my brilliant planning? Well, my brilliant scheme. Well, you go my ahead. My anti-scheme. I like your anti-scheme. Why don't you, you tell okay. us and I'll weigh in. Okay, so the big claim of MLMs is that you are a business owner and you are starting your own business and you are an entrepreneur. And so all businesses need capital and they either get it by borrowing money or selling shares or someone just gives the money. They call that an angel investment. Yes. So most MLMs borrow from the bank of Mr. and Mrs., right? Yep. They borrow from the family bank. And the thing is, is that the spouse <clears throat> doesn't make the cult inductee write up a business plan. Right. Because when you go to the bank to start up your little business, whatever it is, your window washing business, your painting business, your car dealership, and you want to borrow money, they're going to say, where's your pro forma? Yeah. And if you say, what's a pro pro uh, thing, pro guy? What's that thing you said? Pro, you need a pro athlete, pro <laughs> guy. You're not getting oh, money. I'm a, I'm a good performer. <laughs> I'm a pro. Me. I'm a pro. I can perform. I'm the quite pro. Well. I'm a performer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just sign so, here. Yeah. So the bank's not going to give you money, and if you talk to potential investors like that who buy equity off of you, they're going to, you know, yeah, if you can't out. give them financials. So why the hell would your spouse? give you money from the most sacred storage of funds available on the planet. Yeah. Why would they give you money if you don't have a business plan? Right. So when you think that your spouse, more likely your wife, is getting involved in some kind of leggings scheme or cult, you say, this is very interesting, honey, and I support you 100%. I'm just wondering what your sales forecast looks like. How much are and you going to sell? How much are you going to sell? What's your What's your volume? What's your, you know... And who are your customers? And who are you going to sell to? And what's your demographics? And what's the population within those demographics? And and how are you going to get there? I'm just curious, honey, before I, you know, give you this money that represents our combined blood, sweat, and tears, I'm just wondering how many real customers you think you might have. Yeah. Anyone who wants to borrow money has to be able to answer this question. Yeah. How long is it going to take you to pay this back? What's your cash flow forecast look like? What are your overhead expenses? Who are your expliers? How easy is it to imitate this product? Who are your yeah. competitors? How are you going to differentiate yourself from your competitor? And honestly, like I can't imagine an MLM cult victim who would be able to answer these questions no. and stay in the cult. So I think it's, it's treating it, just watch Shark Tank, right? Yeah. And watch the questions that they ask people who are asking them for their hard-earned money. And then just ask that to your spouse when they're about to be inducted into a cult. Am I being too sarcastic? Like no, I I think you're I think calling you're it a cult, I can't I can't think of another way to refer to these things other than as a cult, you know, without cutting to the core of the issue. <laughs> that when I your think... family member is selling Cutco, they are in a they're in cult co. Cult co, indeed. Right? Yeah. Right. It is. Yeah. There's no other way to talk about it. Right. Like. Yeah. No. I think that's. I think that's really the way to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I. Now this is where it's tricky because. Yeah. For me, um, I'm not going to. I'm not going to put a hard no on anything. 
Well, I don't like asking these questions is not a hard no, right? No, it's not. But I'm, I'm, I'm like, here's a, I want to see a business plan. Yeah. I want to know the answers to all these questions. And if you can do that, then I'm fine with it. But yeah, even if, even if she's not going to, I'm not going to tell her no way. I just need to let her know that like, I don't think it's going to be a good idea. You do whatever you need to do. But, but I really think if you want to, if you want to succeed at it, you need to have a business plan. You need to be able to answer all these questions. Okay. I think, okay. All right. I, I, uh, that's, that's specifically for my relationship. Okay. Yeah. I'd love to pull these numbers that you got. 79% right. of coaches are earning a high of 36 grand and an average of 400 bucks. Like, how are you going? That's that's 80% of everyone in there is making an average of $400 a year. Yeah. What are you going to do to not be that person? Yeah. There's a lot of people selling this stuff. Yeah. How exceptional are you and what are you going to do to be exceptional? Because the statistics are really stacked against you. So there's like there's another side on these stats, which is like customer distribution. Mm-hmm. So if there's thirty thousand people in your MLM and there's yeah. three hundred million people in the U.S., like how does right. that break down to like three hundred million divided by thirty thousand? That's ten thousand people. I think there's more like 300,000 people in an MLM. Okay. So if you take 30 million divided by 300,000, that's 100 people per. It's not a ton of people. Like, like, and so someone else did this breakdown on the, the MLM subreddit, just saying like, whatever numbers he had, it crunched down to like 400 people per MLM rep. So yeah. at most you can sell to 400 people before they start getting contacted by another rep who's selling your same whatever. Like, I think, I think you have people. Yeah. Like you have such a a kind and optimistic view on it. Me, I'm like, this is one of the three great evils of capitalism. Yeah. If we don't want the communists to take over, we need to do something about it (laughs) because it honestly becomes a poster child of why capitalism is failing and and exploitation of, of, of people in poverty, which is, you know, why people flock to communism. And so I think it, I think it's the second coming of the red scare. And, uh, I get a little tinfoil hatty when I talk about it, but, but I, I, I mean, you're kind of, you're, you're tweaking me that way a little bit, Yeah. you know, like, cause it really is predatory, man. It really does prey on people that aren't, that they know aren't going to get the results. I think that's the thing that sucks. Just like the, just like the Vivint guy who hires 40, 50 guys in his office, knowing that 80 or 90% of those guys are going to go home early, not get their back end, maybe be in debt. They'll make, they'll make a thousand bucks or maybe less. Right. And, and he's going to profit off of that. And, and that's, that's some part of his model. And that sucks. And that is something that like the socialism subreddit takes and says, look, communism is ruining, capitalism is ruining people's lives in America. Yeah. And and it's this evil monster that preys on poor people, but I mean, that's not capitalism, right? That is being a liar and a cheat and a cult member. Yeah. And and capitalism has nothing to do with cults, right? Like that is exploitation. That is, yeah. 
So you know what? If I knew somebody who was going to be getting into this, yeah, I think I just I think that's what I would do. I would make sure that as long as the I'd make sure that the money isn't going to be a hard thing. Yeah, you know, if if the if it's going to make things too tight, I'd say forget about it. It's not worth it. Yeah, yeah. Um, if it's if you have enough disposable income that you can do it, and it's not going to be a big deal, then I'd look long and hard and say, I mean, look at these numbers. The truth is, you're not going to make money at this. Yeah. So if you want to treat this as like a hobby or a club with kind of an expensive membership fee or something like that, yeah, then let's go into it like that. And you know what? Fine, but if you go into this thinking that you're going to be making a living and I'm going to retire because yeah. of your MLM stuff, yeah. then I don't think it's a good idea because that's just not going to happen. <laughs>